Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. The Force will be with you, always. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Galactic Republic, Confederacy of Independent Systems, and various mercenary factions vie for control of the galaxy in a seemingly never-ending conflict known as the Clone Wars. Caught in the middle of this epic struggle, the Jedi Knights strive to maintain order and civility in a deadly game that is being manipulated by the Dark Lords of the Sith. From the war-torn front lines, Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their dedicated team of analysts emerge as voices of truth and stability in these dark and deceptive times. Three, two, one. There we go. We're live. For uh, Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, episode one, one, three, eight. Uh, No, we have not done a thousand episodes that you don't know about. Uh, But since we're ending on episode 138, I thought that it would be uh, appropriate to just add that extra one right there in front of it. Um, I did not plan that. Matt didn't planet like neither one of us had any idea that we were going to end on episode 138 but i uh, you know the second that that i realized that that's what was happening uh, I, wow that's uh oh the coincidence i'm getting some feedback <laughs> already I, I just got some feedback from my uh from my own live viewing of it but that's okay uh, it kind of threw me off for a second there but I, uh, but yeah. So this is this is it. This is the last episode. Uh, the Clone Wars is all done. And uh, if you if you needed any other proof, all you have to do is go to the the YouTube channel for Star Wars. Uh, not right now because you're watching this. But later, <laughs> and uh, and check that out, and you'll see that it's just full of Rebels stuff, which means that that we are. We're almost about there. Us. It's it's almost time for Star Wars Rebels to begin, so I uh, so we're we're just kind of uh, getting ready to send off the Clone Wars uh, with this one last episode. Uh, joining me as always is my faithful co-pilot uh, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Yes. And uh, hey, Mike, it's been. Sorry, oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. Uh... Wow, it's it's another one of those bittersweet moments, man. It's been what over five years now. We talked about this the other night. We have over one million downloads of this podcast, and you think about that, it just blows your mind. On a TV show that was, it's an animated show that you know not every Star Wars fan was watching, and uh, to have that kind of a response and, and people listening to the show, man, it just blew us away when I when I first saw that. So yeah, uh, if only we had a dollar be- for every single one of those downloads. <laughs> 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 but uh, also joining us, we've got uh, uh, Tim, our our news writer, uh, also host one of the hosts. Uh, it's the Batverse podcast. <laughs> Did I get? 
Bat- Batman fans doing Bat- a podcast about podcast. Batman? Sorry, go ahead. Say it again. The Batman Universe Bat Fans Podcast. <laughs> okay. That's why I can't remember it. Yeah, it's and uh, and we've also got Kyle Avery, uh, who is is another one of our uh, our team members. He he's he's been on episodes before. He writes all of our recaps for us, uh, and uh, and also the host of uh, well one of the hosts along with Tim of Star Wars: The Saga Continues, which yeah. is sort of the uh, sister podcast to our uh, our front lines in Rebels podcast. For covering everything else, Star Wars, everything that, including Clone Wars and Rebels, that uh, yeah. that Matt and I don't get to on a regular basis. So yeah, but mostly like, Episode Seven stuff, but a little bit of everything else. Yeah. Good to be here, though. I mean, Frontlines is kind of where I got my start in podcasting and being being involved in all this stuff. So it's cool to be here for the last episode. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I uh, let's start. Let's start with this. I Kyle, overall feelings for season six for the Lost Missions. How, how how did you like it? I loved it. In fact, um, it's kind of just chance that I happened to watch most of the season again today because um, I've got a friend who's moving in a couple days, and we had been uh, – I mean, he bought, like, all the seasons of Clone Wars just recently and watched them, and I was like, well, there's still another season on Netflix that you haven't watched, so he's been coming over and watching those, and we just binge-watched, like, the last nine episodes of season six today, um, and I was like, oh, that'll be good. I'll get to, you know, watch it again and sort of refresh my memory for the podcast, too. Um, and yeah, I mean, just, I, I think those are some of the strongest, uh, storylines and episodes of the whole series so far. Um, the shame it didn't get to, you know, go on to a whole 20 or 22 episode season or whatever, but, um, especially with that order 66 arc and the Yoda arc, um, you know, some really great stuff in there and some of the best Jar Jar Binks material of the whole Star Wars universe, <laughs> I think with Disappear, uh, or Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom meets Jar Jar and Mace Windu and their crazy adventures and all that. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and then, of course, you know, we've got a, another political uh, focused three-part story arc in there, but I thought that one was pretty good, too. Um, especially, you know, considering when, when you compare it to some of the other political stuff in there. Like, I, I really like the Anakin-Padme relationship and getting to see more of that. And then uh, we had some pretty cool battle scenes there on Scipio in the last episode. So, I mean, yeah, overall, I mean, more than anything, I'm just glad we got to see those episodes because... Um, I mean, just from other TV series and movies and stuff, you know, when things get canceled ahead of time and then, you know, they, they say, oh, we'll try to bring it back or find a way to keep telling these stories. But, I mean, from the day that the show got canceled, Dave Filoni said we're still going to have more episodes for you guys. And I was like, well, how many is it going to be? Like, I can see it just being, you know, four or eight or something like that. And also, you know, as, as much as I wanted to see those episodes, I, I kind of – was in the back of my mind at least trying to prepare myself like okay I don't want to get too excited because if somehow this doesn't work out and they say like oh we didn't end up getting to finish those or you know it could have been like years down the line before we got to see them um, so I, I kind of was setting myself up for disappointment just in case so I'm glad it wasn't too long and that we got as many episodes as we did and that they were really good so I'm just glad we got them out there and got to watch them. Cool. I, Tim how about you what, what are your feelings on this final season of, uh, of the Clone Wars? Yeah, I got to echo pretty much what Kyle said. I mean, I loved it. And right from the get-go, I had high expectations for this season. Pretty much right when uh, Dave Filoni made that announcement video, we got that first clip from the Order 66 arc. I mean, just seeing that short minute or so of new Clone Wars footage just blew me away with that. And so I couldn't wait for that arc. And then we knew the Yoda arc was coming. So I had real high expectations for it, and they were met. 
even I wouldn't say there was a weak arc in that because I loved the Clovis arc and the Jar Jar episodes were entertaining too. Like Kyle said, probably the best Jar Jar we're ever going to see in Star Wars. But um, yeah, the two things I love most about pretty much the universe of Star Wars and then the Clone Wars was arcs and stories that focus on the clones and then Jedi's and the Force stuff. And pretty much season six had both of those with the Order 66 arc and the Yoda arc. And like I could say the Yoda arc met my expectations, but really it didn't. It exceeded them. I mean, it was amazing. It was almost a perfect way to send this series off. And just sure we didn't get the right lead into episode three directly, but I think it's a perfect way to end the series. And then you can go straight into episode three. You wouldn't really be questioning anything or like what happened in between this time or what. What was the direct lead up? So yeah, it was great and. Just watching it for the first time was an awesome experience too. We were able to watch every single episode all in a row on Netflix was great. I just remember me and my brothers watched it like late at night from 12 o'clock and we're pretty much done at five o'clock or five o'clock a.m. after we saw all 13 episodes. Mm. It was just cool to binge watch new Star Wars that way. So overall, it was just a great experience and it ended with a bang. So yeah, I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Matt, so uh, everybody's kind of heard, like we've, we've been covering this season uh, one episode at a time, uh, but you have a unique perspective. Is where the rest of us binge watched it. You, uh, you watched it one episode at a time as we went through over the course of uh, the last few months. Uh, <laughs> um, how was it for you going through the last season? Did you did you enjoy it just as much as uh, as these guys did, even though they got to binge watch it and you uh, you sort of took it. In, in bits and pieces? I think that I would have probably liked it a little more had I watched it a binge watch because uh, I, a lot of these arcs were what four, the first and last were four part arcs and waiting that extra time in between episodes, I, I guess you can kind of lose the, the continuity or the flow of it, but it was fun to, to do. I know there was a couple other guys that were doing it, I think with me. Uh, and it was something nice to come to. Like, you finish an episode, and you go, okay, I can't wait. It was just like the old school days. You know, I can't wait to to get back to Monday nights and watch it again or watch over the weekend. But I wouldn't put – I find it hard to, to call that a season six, you know. I uh, I don't know. I, I don't think it was as strong as my favorite season, which we'll probably talk about later. I did, like – I thought all the episodes were good. But I didn't think it was the strongest episode. I wouldn't, or the strongest season. I wouldn't put it as the strongest season. But uh, the way the way it started, great start, and then that finish. We talked about it on the podcast, Mike, about all the Yoda stuff, um, especially that last episode. Some really good stuff there. Really made you think. And uh, Yoda kind of finally realizing that uh, there's going to be more to this. You know, this is it's not the Clone Wars. It's it's going to go past that. So that was kind of a neat little reveal. But uh, I don't know. I, I put season five above above all of them. I'm sure we'll talk about that later, though. Yeah, yeah, okay. Cool. Uh, well, I'm going to uh, – we've actually got some emails. And uh, and for those of you that are watching us live right now, uh, you can you can actually sound off in the uh, in the YouTube comments And because uh, I've got that open in one window. So if you guys want to uh, uh, jump in, anybody who's watching right now, and let us know what you thought about season six and about uh, the the sort of the, the finale of the Clone Wars and, and you know sort of what your experience was, how you watched it, 
um, and let us know your thoughts. You can you can do that by jumping into there, or you can tweet at us uh, at Clone Wars if you wanna if you wanna send some tweets. But we've got some emails, uh, yes. and uh, here we go. I've got one here from Martin Aylman, uh, and he just says, uh, "I posted this on Facebook." but I wanted to make sure you guys knew how awesome you all are. I just wanted to say that you guys had a great run of episodes on the Frontlines podcast, and I can't wait to continue listening on the Rebels podcast. The Yoda arc was fanta- was a fantastic bookend with the episode Ambush for the series to go out on. Uh, what was your favorite moments of Season 6? And now that we have all the episodes, we're going to have what is your favorite season of Star Wars The Clone Wars? Uh, see you guys at Star Wars Celebration, and indeed you will. Thanks a lot, and that's from Martin Aylman, who has been listening for a very long time, and we appreciate that. Uh, So let's let's really quick, uh, if you've got one episode, and and I know we're going to do our top five of the whole series, but if you have one episode from season six in particular that stands out for you, uh, what is it? Let's, Let's start with you, Tim. Um, I guess I'll probably go with, um, I'm going to have to go with Sacrifice, the final episode of season six. Mm. There is so much great stuff in there. I love Yoda going to Moraban, the home world of the Sith. And I got to tell you, what really made that for me was seeing Darth Bane and having him voice bar Mark, Mark Hamill, which is awesome. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was a big fan of the Darth Bane novels and seeing him brought to life in the Clone Wars like that and having him be voiced by Mark Hamill just blew me away. It, I had a big smile on my face when I was watching that episode for the first time. Like, man, I can't believe what I'm watching. This is so awesome. So, yeah, I'd go with Sacrifice. Cool. Uh, what about you, Kyle? What's your uh, What's your standout episode from Season 6? All right, well, I'm glad we get to bring this up because I was having trouble picking my top five. I narrowed it down to six, so I'll just pick this one off my list, and this will be, like, my honorable mention. I'll say uh, Voices, which was um, – I kind of consider the first episode of the Yoda arc because yeah. the first episode um, with – investigating Sifo-Dyas and stuff kind of seems like it's own standalone thing. But I just love that scene in Voices where Yoda goes to Dagobah for the first time and he's just, you know, walking through the swamp and following, like, this trail of lights as he's hearing Qui-Gon Jinn's voice talking to him and explaining things about the Force and immortality and you hear the classic John Williams Yoda theme playing and, um, I mean, you know, and then, of course, he goes in the cave and has his own vision and everything. I thought that was just, like, a really cool sort of magical moment that, uh, Obviously, you know, sort of captured the just the coolness and the mystical aspects of, of uh, Star Wars and the Force and Yoda and the Jedi and everything. That was a really cool moment. So that was probably my favorite episode of season six. Cool, uh, Matt. What about you? I'm gonna agree with uh, Tim. I'm gonna say sacrifice. And uh, you know, Tim kind of talked about it, but uh, I didn't even recognize that was Mark Hamill. So that shows how good of a, a voice talent he is as opposed to being on screen, right? But I'm going to go with Sacrifice, seeing all that stuff happen with Yoda, and just a nice little end cap to, to that. Like Tim said earlier, maybe that was the uh, exit and entry into uh, Revenge of the Sith. I don't know, but uh, Sacrifice for me for season uh, or season six, I guess we're going to call it, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, for me, I'm actually going to have to go with The Lost One. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that episode. Uh, and, and I don't know, the reason why I pick it is because uh, obviously I, I binged uh, like most people. In fact, I took the day off work just to watch all 13 <laughs> episodes uh, back to back with no break. And, uh, and, and I loved watching the, the whole season like that. 
But then going through it episode by episode, I found of all of the, the parts of the story that, that we got to go back to, I think the lost one was my favorite. Uh, and, and I think the reason why, like I kind of looked forward to it the whole time. And I think that's just because uh, it's, it's really um, not our last appearance for a lot of characters, but it's really the last time that they play an integral role. So uh, it's, it's the last time we see Anakin and Obi-Wan in action. This is, for me, uh, this ties directly into their moments uh, rocketing into battle in Episode 3. Um, it's, it's sort of our last time to see them in the Clone Wars with that relationship right before we get there. Um, and we also get to see Plo Koon, uh, and we get to, we get to kind of touch base with the whole Jedi Council um, as this story unfolds. And we get that amazing, awesome fight scene with Dooku, yes. Obi-Wan, and Anakin at the end with them jumping on starships and just, I, I, for me, that really amps up what you get at the beginning of episode three. And it, yeah. it really, like, it leads into that really well for me. And uh, and and I can't remember uh, if, it, if it was Kyle or Tim who had said that it's kind of, uh, uh, not it's not really counted in that last arc. It's sort of separate. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I agree with that. Like, it's, it's almost a standalone episode, and really it's the only standalone episode from the whole season, even though it does end up tying into Sacrifice really heavily um, and sort of sets that in motion. Um, it is it is also a very self-contained story, and I really like those self-contained 22-minute episodes, um, as as you'll probably end up seeing in, in my top five uh, for this series. But that that's definitely the one that stands out for me, and if I'm going to go back and rewatch anything, it's going to be that episode. Um, cool. I, I Let's see. What was the... He had another question part on. Oh, that. what are favorite seasons? Season. Yeah, what's your what's your favorite season overall? So Matt, we'll start with you. What's your favorite season? Well, I kind of spoiled it earlier, but it is season five. Um, they're just and then I, uh, the list, just like oh my gosh, I forgot that was in season five. Some of the stuff that was in there. Um, and, and, and you know the Darth Maul stuff, the I wish I, I had my, hold on a sec, coming up. But anyway, and I'll kick, here we go, here we go. Um, like it started off with Revival, and then we got some of the War on Two Fronts. Uh, it goes, let me, let me bring it down here. Um, it kicked it off for me. And it's, I, I had that almost in my top five. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the on the outer skirts, maybe like a like an honorable mention. Oh, Matt, you're cutting out. Okay, it looks like we lost Matt for a second. Uh, is everybody else still there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Okay, cool. I will just wait for Matt to come back. But uh, So, Tim, how, how about you? What's your favorite season? Yeah, I'm going to go with season four. I think that one, for me anyway, had the most consistent arcs that I really enjoyed. Um, it started off probably uh, the whole... Uh, Moncalo arc on the water war how it started probably wasn't my favorite season premiere episode but I still enjoyed the arc but then after that we got the Umbara arc then we got the slaver arc and then we got the Obi-Wan arc where he goes undercover mm. and then as Reiko Hardeen and then we have the 
uh, Darth Maul arc that started. Just a lot of great arcs all in a row. And even the C-3PO and R2-2 episodes. So to me, I enjoy the first one, uh, Mercy Mission. It wasn't so bad. And I know the other one, you could say, was just mainly kind of ripping off all these different stories like Wizard of Oz and Gulliver's Travels. But to me, they were horrible where I just couldn't watch it. I was still entertained by them. So those two episodes aside, this whole season of four was just pretty much consistent for me. I just love the stories that were told in those arcs in season four. So, yeah, yeah that would probably be my favorite one. Cool. Uh, Kyle, what, what about you? Um, well, I'm going to agree with Matt and say season five. Um, and again, just sort of breaking it down by story arcs. I wasn't crazy about the droids arc. Um, I did like the episode with Gregor and, uh, you know, the clone commando and all that stuff. The other three episodes in that arc I wasn't crazy about. But the Onderon arc I thought was solid, um, you know, not like my favorite or anything, but that one was pretty good. Uh, the Young Jedi arc, loved that one. And then, of course, the Darth Maul arc and the Ahsoka arc at the end of the season, I think are probably the two best story arcs of the whole series, in my opinion. So, um yeah, I mean, 4 was great, the second half of Season 3 was great, and what we got of Season 6 was great, but I think overall Season 5 would have to be, probably be the best one for me. Cool, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm in total agreement with you, Kyle, I, if, for the same reasons. Um, even though my my absolute worst episode of the series, I, I, a Sunny Day in the Void, <laughs> yep. is in Season 5, yep. I, even though it's there, it's still that season still stands out for me. Um, and I think for, for two very distinct reasons, um, I guess three really, but, but two, two come to mind for me personally quite a bit. Uh, the gathering and, 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 uh, the, the Obi-Wan story, uh, with, with Obi-Wan and Darth Maul and the, and the death watch and everything like those, those two, uh, elements, they really kind of they bump you back and forth between the two, the two uh, far spectrums of what Star Wars is, right? They they go from uh, what we want as obviously the adult viewers. Um, I say adult as you know I've got toys and stuff behind me, but um, as as adult as uh, as we get um, it, it within like the sort of the lawless and those episodes, and then it also has that that season has that childlike wonder of, of an episode like the gathering. And so it's kind of, it just represents those two sides to star Wars that uh, I think, I think one problem that the community has a lot of the time is that we see uh, the action sequences and the lightsaber fights and that's what we want. Um, But we forget that the reason why we love star Wars is also because of silly droids and uh, and and a goofy Yoda and and uh, you know Chewbacca being a lovable giant and all of these other elements that make Star Wars not just awesome like a Transformers movie. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that in quote fingers. <laughs> I, but also has the heart that that we want. And and so Tim, you you mentioned uh, the the droid arc from from season four. And how it pulls in like uh, uh, the Wizard of Oz and and Gulliver's Travels and all these different these different stories that kind of have that heart. Um, that that's sort of the element that that I think a lot of fans forget about. And it's uh, 
to be honest, I think that's the element that's missing the most in, in the prequels, and I think it's one of the reasons why there's a disconnect, is that you have the stuffy political stuff, you have the awesome action, but you're missing that that uh, that real sort of the the furry connection uh, uh, to uh, you know characters like Chewbacca and and R two and three PO that just aren't as prevalent in the prequels as they were in the original trilogy. So uh, season five for me really it has both of those things. It, it shows us both sides, which any good Star Wars story should do. So I Matt, you kind of got you got cut off a little bit. Uh, but uh, so, did you want to finish what you were saying about? about yeah, well, favorite? I didn't see, I didn't hear who uh, who Tim and uh, Kyle thought was the their favorite season. Yeah, I well, chose season four. Yeah, okay. and uh, Mike and I both said five. Okay, you guys are on the same page as me. Yeah, I was just saying, you know, it started off with Darth Maul, and then it got into the Lawless, which was um, I'll talk about that later, and then it ended. You know, I had the uh, missing in action with the. Uh, uh, who am I? Who was his name? Gregor. Gregor, yeah. Thanks, Kyle. So Gregor, and then ended with the uh, Ahsoka stuff. I think that uh, that season was just that's tough to beat that season. So that's why I picked season five. Cool. Uh, okay, cool. Let's uh, let's actually. Uh, you guys want another email, or do you want to jump into? Uh, do you want to jump into our top five? Uh, do one more email, I think. Okay, cool. Uh, oh, I closed part of the window. Let's see. Uh, okay, so this one is from Adrian, and I. Oh, oh, part of this was for Rebels. Ah. One sec. Uh, also, he says. Also, on a side note, in the last CW arc, there was somewhat obscured scene where Shakti died. You all said that Anakin killed her in that scene. It wasn't that clear to me, though. It was a blue lightsaber, but I interpreted that the scene as an homage to the deleted scene from the Episode 3 DVD where Grievous kills her. But canon-wise, she is still alive, right? With the deleted scene, the Force Unleashed novels, etc., I am sh not sure where she stands or lies, as it were. I assume she is still around, which means maybe she can show up in Rebels. Thanks again for all the great Front Frontlines podcasts. Looking forward to more of the Rebels podcast. Uh, and uh, oh, he's because this was he had sent this in for uh, for our Rebels episode with uh, with Tim and Teresa. So he says, and fangirls gone uh, going rogue, uh, the Wampa's lair, and uh, the saga continue. Um, uh, talk to you all later, Adrian. Um, so let's uh, we can clear that up actually. Let's clear that up uh, mm -hmm. since. Continuity was sh struck. It's it's all kind of back to square one, with the exception of the movies, and the Clone Wars, and the upcoming Rebels. So that means that Shakti may be dead. <laughs> it's not a hundred percent clear because obviously that was a premonition that Yoda had. Uh, it was it was sort of a vision of the future, but we do know that most of the things that he saw come to pass. Um, if not all of them. So, uh, in fact, there's a there's a deleted scene. I uh, the, the there's a Adrian's a little bit confused there because the what he's referring to is uh, Shakti was supposed to die, or maybe she does die in the first animated Clone Wars. 
Do you guys remember? No, no she, she doesn't. Die. She doesn't die in the animated series, but um, there is a deleted scene for episode three where she gets killed by General Grievous. Right. Is it by hand. Grievous? Because I thought yeah. maybe it's in no. the original script. I know in the novelization, I'm pretty sure he kills Shock T. Yeah, but you know, no, there are two versions of the scene. I okay. think they, I, I think they just shot her on a green screen, yeah. like just kneeling there. Yeah. And I think they made two different versions of it. And the, the the original one that showed up on the DVD first was where Grievous kills her on the ship, and like Obi Wan and Anakin come and find her. And it's just like in the novel, where the, the reason they get on the ship in the first place is they're kind of like following her distress beacon or something, and they find her, and Grievous kills her. Okay. Um, but then in the Blu-ray, there's like a reworked version of that scene where instead of kneeling in the ship hallway, she's kneeling at the Jedi Temple, and Anakin just comes up and stabs her from behind. So I think they just you know, filmed the same thing and, and put two different versions of the scene together. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So... Um, but I, I would say, though, because of the, the vision that Yoda has in that episode, yeah. and he's seeing that along with like the Jedi getting killed in Order 66 and everything, um, that version... Oh, Kyle froze up. Oh, he froze up. Right he in the froze middle of up a little bit. I... It was probably closer to... Oh, there it is. Wait, am I back now? Yeah, yeah you, you were kind of cutting in and out for a second there. Oh, okay. I... Um... Yeah, just because Yoda sees her get killed while he's also seeing all the other Jedi getting killed yeah. in you know, his premonition of Order 66 and everything. So I would think that would be him seeing Anakin killing her and not Grievous. But it is just a blue lightsaber, so you can't really tell who it is. It could be either one. Sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, I personally, I'm going to lean more towards it being Anakin. Um, I am going to lean towards her being dead. Uh, although, like, as much as I really enjoy The Force Unleashed, uh, my biggest thing with The Force Unleashed and continuity... I love the story that takes place, but because it's a video game and they give you all these crazy force powers, it just doesn't mesh with my idea of Star Wars. Now, some people who want to consider the original Clone Wars animated series as as canon, uh, I never have. I've always seen it as, as just sort of like, almost like Star Wars tales, like that comic was, where sometimes we're getting kind of pieces of canon, but we're never really getting the full sort of like the full uh, story. Uh, and sometimes it's just completely ridiculous stuff. That whole sequence with Mace Windu taking out a whole army, if that were the case, the Clone Wars would have been over in a weekend. <laughs> hey, yeah. I would have just wiped out the Separatists. It wouldn't have been a problem. Um, so it doesn't really mesh, and neither does the Force Unleashed, because if one Jedi has that much power, then the whole Order, it, even just even just the Council, if, if the entire Council has the same raw power that Starkiller has, but then also has training and knowledge on top of that, I mean, it's going to be... The, the Sith never would have been able to defeat them, but that's not really the way that it that it works, right? So um, so I have, I have a hard time with it. So the idea that Shakti is alive because she's in The Force Unleashed, I it, that doesn't really hold water for me personally. Um but yeah, it's it's a it's a bit of a weird thing, and and who knows? Maybe we will get a definitive answer. Uh, that that is up to Dave Filoni and the rest of the story group over at Lucasfilm. So maybe we'll see. Uh, we've already seen spoilers for anybody who uh, who doesn't keep up to date on all their their uh, Rebels news. But we know that we're gonna see it's Luminara, right? Luminara yeah, Adori yeah. that that yeah. we're gonna see in in I think probably the the one of the first two arcs. So. I, 
that we will see some Jedi, or at least we will see one Jedi, uh, or two if you can't Obi-Wan's hologram. That was another spoiler. Uh, but I, we are going to see some of that stuff come to fruition. Uh, Dave Filoni has mentioned that it would be silly uh, with all the characters that he created in the Clone Wars and also all of the stories that he told the characters that he was familiar with, not to go back and finish some of those stories. So uh, so Shock T coming back is, is definitely a possibility, but we're going to have to wait and see. Time's going to tell on that one. Um, okay, cool. Let's, uh, let's, let's jump in. We've got two more emails, but let's jump into our top five. I, we didn't really discuss this beforehand. How do you guys want to do this? Do you want to go around, you know, five, everybody goes for their five, or we go, you know, Kyle, you do your five, Matt, you do your five, Tim, you do your five. Uh, how do you guys want to, want to do this? I say go one at a time. Uh, I kind of like the other idea of doing like everybody five, everybody four, everybody three, but that's, yeah, that's what I meant. Okay, okay, oh, okay, cool. So let's do it that way. So let's start. Let's start with our top, with our our number five spot. Um, and uh, Tim, we'll start with you. What's it? What's your number five? Man, it was hard coming up with this list. Yeah. But <laughs> my yeah. number five is going to be from season two, landing at Point Rain. Yeah. This episode. When I first saw it, man, I was like, the action in it was just so awesome. I just thought, man, this is pretty much, I'm like watching episode two right here. And even the action sequence probably surpassed the stuff we saw in Attack of the Clones, really. Just from an action standpoint, I just love this episode. It blew me away. Technically, what they were able to do in that series, it was just amazing. The uh, Republic gunships attack getting shot down. Then you got Keati Mundi taking the clone troopers, and they're getting ambushed by the Geonosians. And then the clone troopers come with their flamethrowers, which was awesome. You got Anakin and Ahsoka trying to take over that big wall and hop over there. Then you got Obi Wan, who was in the crash down Republic ship, and we, so they they had to rescue him. I love that sequence where the two uh, clone troopers, uh, Wax and the Boyle, had to go rescue him and then bring him back and form their perimeter. So I just love all the little side stories we had of the characters in that episode. And then they how they all came together at the end and made their one final attack against the Geonosians there. And just the whole arc in general, I thought was pretty cool going back to Geonosis. And, but landing at point range, just from a technical and action standpoint, it blew me away when I first saw it. And it still really holds up whenever I watch it. I just think to myself, man, they just really outdid themselves on that episode so early on in their uh, run too. So yeah, landing at point range, that's number five. Cool. You know, I, Mike, I just say that would be one of my honorable mentions because just from like, a sheer just spectacle of the whole thing. It was like I think we talked about this back when we did the episode. It was it was uh, the Clone Wars team saying, "Hey, let's just see what we can do with an all action episode, and and go for it." And it almost looked like you were watching episode two. I mean, it looked movie quality type stuff. Yeah. So that's that was huge. I mean, that was a, that was a big uh, turning point, maybe, or just like, wow, this is what they can. And I think even Filoni talked about that. He goes, "Wow, this is what we can do if we really push the envelope." So. Definitely. I remember too. I remember Dave saying he was, when they screened it for George Lucas, all that he was even blowing it. He was like, saying, yeah. "Guys, you know, we can't really do this on every episode." But right. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so Matt, what's your what's your number five? I'm gonna go with season four, episode twenty-two. It's called Revenge, and you know, Mike, we got to go, or I got to go. I think you did too. Uh, I got to go to San Francisco and see the um, in Christmas, I can't remember what year it was, 2011, 2012, something like that. I got to go see the return of Darth Maul, 
and that was just an unbelievable experience. I'll talk about that at the end here. But mall, this was world. Are they going to do that? You know, this doesn't make any sense. I mean, we were just like, what is going on? You know, he was cut in half, you know, <laughs> but they succeeded and they went beyond my expectations of what they can do with mall. And he's even in another episode that I'll feature later on, but just the whole, this whole episode with him and Obi-Wan and Count Dooku's right-hand woman, Asajj Ventress, um, coming in to actually close out this particular season with like, whoa, she's helping Obi-Wan. This is crazy. You know, what's going on? So, and, and, and then of course, you know, we have uh, Savage was in this as well. Mother Talzin giving him the legs and all that. It was just, for me, I love a lot of these. There's two mall episodes that I think are in the top five, and this is one of them. Revenge, season four, episode 22. Cool. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give mine just so that I'm not always going last. Uh, uh, my number five is uh, is Arc Troopers from uh, from season three. Um, that being uh, really kind of the the final episode of of a three part arc with those characters. With uh, we just sort of um, with Fives really being the the standout character. Obviously, um, he sort of ends up ends up uh, the the lone survivor of that initial squad. Uh, of clone troopers and uh, and just seeing those characters uh, go through that journey, uh, sort of it was there were the those two bookend episodes, right? There was um, uh, clone cadets, I think, uh, and then rookies was a season one episode, and then and then it bookends with arc troopers, um, and uh, and we just we kind of got to know what it was like to be a clone. Uh, through the whole career, right? So you get to see, because we get to see Rex every day, and we get to see Cody on a regular basis, as long as a bunch, as well as a bunch of other clone troopers. But with this story, we got to see them from the beginning of their career, almost uh, all the way through to uh, to to being uh, promoted to to arc troopers, and uh, and and I just I, it's one of those parts uh, where you fall in love with some of the characters that were created up for the show, and uh, and and I really do love those characters of uh, Echo and Fives, and um, and we got to see Fives sort of the the finality of his story. Um, it's a little bit bittersweet because it, uh, on the one hand he uncovers the whole plot. He could have saved the Jedi, right? Uh, and and he tried, but I. Uh, you know, he does end up dying in season six. Uh, but it's, a, like I said, it's bittersweet because it also means that we know that he doesn't turn against the Jedi. So uh, there's, a, there's a couple of those clones that we can sort of count on because we still don't know what happens with Rex. Yeah. We still don't know, did he follow his programming? Did he stick, like, was he by Anakin's side on that assault? If he was, that's heartbreaking, right? Because we love Rex. We love Cody. Um, from watching the Clone Wars, and uh, and and it's because of episodes like Arc Troopers that we really do love the Clone Troopers. Um, that that they're individual characters; they're not just faceless stormtrooper characters. They really have have personalities and feelings, and uh, and and we grow to care about them over the course of the series. And and this is one of those episodes that just really exemplifies that. So in a in a series that is called the Clone Wars 
I had to pick one episode at least that <laughs> was going to highlight that. Um, it was it was really it was kind of between that and and maybe some episodes from season six and uh, and the deserter, which is another episode that that yeah. really shows us all about the uh, about the clones and sort of delves deep into what it means to be a clone trooper. But uh, that's my number five. Uh, Kyle, right. what's what's yours? Right. Real quick, Mike, isn't oh. that isn't uh, that particular episode you're talking about also feature a deleted scene with the Asajj kiss? Is that that's the same one I'm thinking of, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I think so. yeah, and it's also it's 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 the battle on Camino. So uh, it's it's really there's a lot going on in that episode. Um, right. It may also be. Is that the first appearance of the of the clone commandos? No, sorry. The art troopers are in that episode, but not that's, the commandos. Okay, because um, I remember there was that one episode that that's the first time that we got to see Rain. I uh, that that was the big yeah. deal at, at Celebration Five, but I don't remember what episode that was from. Uh, maybe it was from the next arc, but anyway. no, that was that was from uh, Witches of the Mist. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah in yeah, the Night Sisters arc. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, so Kyle, what's your what's your number five? Okay, well, speaking of the Night Sisters arc, um, actually, my number five, I'm going to go with the episode Night Sisters from season three, um, partially because, I mean, I love the character of Asajj Ventress, and like before this show even started, she was always like one of my favorite characters in the EU. I loved her in the Clone Wars micro series. I loved her in the Dark Horse Clone Wars comics. So I thought it was cool to see her in this series, but I always felt like she was kind of underused a little bit in seasons one and two. Um, and, you know, I wanted to see her kind of in a, in a more prominent role um, like we did in, like I said, some of that other material. So it was really cool for me in this episode to get to see, first of all, that opening space battle, which was really reminiscent of uh, the episode three space battle where you've got Anakin and Obi-Wan flying side by side and, uh, you know, Anakin outrunning droid tri-fighters and all that kind of stuff. Um, but then to also see Ventress in that battle in that uh, that fan blade fighter that she had from the previous stories, and she's in like her classic outfit, and then has that really cool lightsaber battle with Anakin and Obi Wan in the spaceship hangar while there's a space battle going on outside. I thought all that was really awesome. Um, and then she goes back to Dathomir, and we see the flashback of her, um, you know, her, her like backstory and how she came to be where she's at. And I thought that was really cool because. Again, they, they stuck pretty much to how it was in the comics and everything, which I really liked. And at the same time, they kind of put their own little twist on it, which then sort of gave them free reign to take her character in a totally different direction that none of us ever saw coming, where, you know, she's a night sister and she turns away from Dooku and everything and uh, sort of goes off on her own path. So I thought that was all really cool, too. Plus, there's the, the fight scene at the end where you've got her and two other night sisters with lightsabers in, you know, invisibility cloaks, basically fighting Dooku, who's just rolled out of bed in his pajamas and is drugged and still manages to fight all three of them off. So that was a really cool fight scene. Um, so, I mean, I love that, that episode for the action, for the character of Ventress, and for um, just the whole bold new direction that they went off in with the story. I mean, Matt, you were talking about revenge and, uh, you know, bringing back Darth Maul and Savage and all that kind of stuff. And it, it was hard for me to not fill up my top five list with episodes, <laughs> with, with episodes just from that storyline. I mean, I could have picked Witches of the Mist. I could have picked Revenge, yeah. um, you know, a lot of these other ones. But, um, I mean, you know, I kind of went with this one because I like Benjamin so much, but also because it's the first episode that's sort of the catalyst for that whole chain of events that leads to uh, Savage Opress and Dark Maul and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, awesome. So that, there's our top five. Sorry, there's our number fives. Uh, let's jump into number four, 
And uh, I'll start. Uh, my number four, speaking of Asajj Ventress and, and, uh, and her awesome storyline throughout uh, the series, my number four is Bounty. Um, which is uh, uh, one of those, uh, what is that? That's the end of season four. Um, and uh, it, those who have been listening that long uh, will remember back and, uh, and, and how sort of uh, taken I was with the episode because it took a character that I didn't particularly like. I never really liked Ventress. Uh, I didn't dislike her actively, but, uh, but I, I never, it just, she just didn't matter. Um, she was just another character. She was uh, like Grievous, right? She's just another villain for us to throw in every now and then for the Jedi to deal with so that we can see some lightsaber fights. But uh, over the course of, of the Night Sisters stories, obviously she took on sort of a, a different role within the series and, and ended up in this very gray area. Uh, but then in the episode Bounty, we started to see... Um, and really over over the course of that arc there um, and the previous arc with her, what, what she was before and, more importantly, what she would be in the future and where, where her character was going. And, uh, and the fact that the, that the, the team, uh, the creative team, was able to take a character that I just didn't really care about and, and in one episode in 22 minutes really really make me care about her character uh, I that that was amazing I, I thought that 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 really showed the strength of the series um, and it was one of those moments where where I think we we really started to realize what the Clone Wars was and uh, and then in season five we would see we would see more of that with with the uh, with the, the uh, Mandalorian uh, death watch. Uh, uh, Darth Maul story and the um, the Ahsoka's final story. So uh, it, it it really it was sort of the hint that the show was was maturing. And that's season four. I think that's that's one of the 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 episodes that really showed where the series was going to head to. So uh, that's that's my number four. Uh, I, Tim, nice. what's uh, what, what's what do you got for number four? For my number four, I'm going to season four also, and I'm going to go with Darkness on Umbara. The Umbara yeah. arc is one of my favorite arcs in all the Clone Wars, definitely in my top three. Just I just love what it did, the story they told with the clones and Rex and Fives, kind of this new area for them where their Jedi general is just treating them like garbage and just regardless of their lives. And they were kind of in conflict with do we follow our orders or just do whatever he says or do we kind of have to take matters into our own hands. But uh, it's kind of hard for me to pick this between Darkness on Umbara and Carnage of Krell because those are the two standouts for me. But there's something about Darkness on Umbara that really stands out to me whenever I watch that arc. It's just the action in it's great from right when it begins until the very end. That end fight sequence they have with the clones and the Umbarans, I just love it. That's just one of my all-time favorite Clone Wars battles. You just really see the clones <laughs> just do some cool stuff. Mm. There's one image in there where that Umbara sneaks behind Spives and five flips them over cracks his uh, mask and then just there's this really cool shot where his points his gun at the screen and he just blasts them. I just love that image. There's so many cool stuff like that and just the story it sets up from there. I just remember after I saw that first episode I just my mind kept going on for the whole week. Man, what's going to happen in this arc? Is this going to lead to some Order 66 uh, stuff that we're going to see down the line? How is Rex going to come out of this? Is he going to come out of this alive? And all this stuff was going through my head as, the, as I waited for next week's episode. 
and just this whole arc in general, it was probably one of the ones where every episode I just couldn't wait for the next one so eagerly, just like the week just to hurry up and fly by so I could see the next one. And it all started with Darkness on Umbara. And another thing I have to give it props for, this is the episode where I discovered the Frontlines Clone Wars podcast because I just love this episode so much. <laughs> I was looking for all these different Clone Wars podcasts to find, and I found you guys and then was there ever since. So I got to thank Darkness on Umbara for that also. So <laughs> yeah, I have to thank Darkness on Umbara as well because we wouldn't have news posted on the website. <laughs> so... Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, Kyle, what's, uh, what, what, do you, what do you got for number four? Well, I'm glad you put me and Tim back-to-back, and he picked the one I did, because my number four is going to be Carnage of Krell. Um, <laughs> I, also, I also love the Abar arc. Darkness on Abar was awesome, and uh, you know, I agree with everything Tim said about just all those cool battle scenes and everything. But, I mean, Carnage of Krell was the standout arc for me, or the standout episode for me of that arc, um, just because there were so much more emotional moments. Um, and a lot more surprises. I still remember having like so many shocked reactions the first time I watched that episode because um, first you've got the opening of the episode where Fives and uh, I think it's Fives and Jesse, right, are going to be executed yeah. for treason, and then Fives gives this big emotional speech about how we're clones but we're still men and we should be trusted to make the right decisions. And you know, you're thinking like, oh, the clones are going to lay down their weapons, and then they all fire anyways. And I'm like, oh crap, they just killed him. But then like they intentionally missed, and then they turn on Krell, and then Krell sends the clones out to fight on Barnes disguised as clones, which turn out to be Obi-Wan's platoon, and he's, you know, masterminded this plot to like, turn the clones against each other, and um, then, of course, you've got the death of Waxer, and he's got Numa from, you know, the little Twilight girl from Ryloth in season one painted on the side of his helmet, just killed me, man. Um, and then, of course, they, they finally go and confront Krell about it, and we get to see his twirling double-bladed lightsabers in action um, and that chilling moment where they first walk in and uh, Rex is like, you're under arrest and Krell's like, oh, it's treason then, you know, mirroring Palpatine from episode three. So, I mean, so much cool action in that episode and just some great emotional twists and, uh, you know, genuine, like, emotional surprising moments for me um, and, you know, a, a great end to that story arc too. Um, and, of course, you know, definitely some Shades of Order 66 in there. Even though, you know, we find out later that Order 66 really is just a result of the clones programming and this chip they had implanted in them, and it's not necessarily like them deciding to turn against the Jedi, but just to see an episode where you've got some clones, like, turning against the Jedi general, it was like, mm -hmm. we're going to see a lot more of that later. So, yeah, I thought that was a really good episode. Cool. Uh, so, Matt, uh, how about you? You round out your, our number fours. Number four? I just have to say, too, I'm glad you guys both brought up the Croker, because I... I thought that was a standout for season uh, season four, and and I would have put that on there too, but I kind of figured it was gonna it was gonna be on the list, so I was like, oh, I'll put it on an honorable mention type type side. But the stuff that you guys talked about, Rex, the clones, uh, Krell going rogue, I thought that was a great, fantastic arc. I'm gonna go Mike to a sentimental favorite of mine, and it's probably not gonna be on anybody's top five list if you ask anybody. But maybe it may be a crack of top ten. Who knows? Um, so like I said, sentimental because it was the first podcast I did it was the podcast that I sent in to you as a audition because mm -hmm. I felt like man it'd be cool if Mike had somebody to help him out and it was season one episode 22 hostage crisis the introduction of Cad Bane and you got to realize that I'm a huge huge western fan I think Clint Eastwood was the all-time best uh western guy best character 
him and his no-name characters and the Pale Rider and all that. So I've always loved, like, the Western guys, right? And this guy looks like he came right out of a, a Clint Eastwood movie. He looked like he could be, like, the, just the whole, the, you know, the duster, the hat and everything. I just immediately was drawn to this character. And this particular episode, you know, Cad Bane, he's got Aura Singh. They're trying to free Zero. I'll give you, you know, Zero, okay, maybe not the greatest character right there, but a little um, <laughs> kind of great tiny little bit. But anyway... Um, you see some stuff with Anakin and Padme in this particular episode. They get a little close and stuff like that. But just like the the voice acting with Bane, the you get to see like this guy comes in right off the bat. He takes this whole Senate building hostage. Uh, he's no nonsense. He he comes in. He has a plan. He sticks to it. And you see him actually later on in episodes really really show like his weaponry and what he can do. Like I'll. I'll even talk about season three, episode nine, the hunt for zero, where you actually see him go against Obi-Wan and use some, his, his jet stuff and his, and his, uh, a flamethrower. And he's going also against, uh, um, the other Jedi that has the force, uh, God, what's his Qu name? Quinlan Voss. Quinlan Voss. Thank you. Kyle. But, but, but I just, this episode is the one right here. Cause it introduced me to the character it introduced all of us to this brand new character. And it kind of blew everybody away. Like, wow, this guy is, this guy is pretty darn cool. He's got some giant blue cojones, man. This guy. Did <laughs> and, uh, so like I said, episode or season one, episode 22, the introduction of Cad Bane sentimental favorite for me, Mike. Cool. I, uh... Cool. Well, let's jump right into number three, and yeah. uh, and uh, Matt, actually, you go ahead. Give us your number okay. three. Okay. Number three, I'm going to go with um, Rookies. And again, this is another season one. I was like, wow, two of them from season one. But And, and there's so many good episodes. Like, I think it was Kyle or Tim, you guys said it. It's so hard to pick. I mean, there's so many so many good things. But Rookies, like, if I'm, if I'm telling somebody, hey, if you've never seen this, and it was just like me, like I, I, you guys know, like I didn't start watching this till like the fourth or fifth episode because I had DVR'd it and like, oh, that's cool, it's Star Wars, I'll get to it when I can. But Rookies was the one where it kind of broke down like everything about the clones, right? You're like, it, it kind of got like real for a second. It, um, it, it got like adult or if you want to call it that, you know, it was like, whoa, this, this series isn't like a cartoon. This isn't like for my five-year-old. I mean, he can like it, but this is this is cool to me. I love this stuff, you know. And, and it wasn't any lightsabers or anything like that. It wasn't crazy fighting like we'll get into later. Um, it wasn't Sidious Battle and Maul or anything like that. But it was a nice character study on, on these clones and and the camaraderie they have. And, and you kind of felt for them, you know, like, oh, man, these guys are going to be, throughout this whole series, we're going to be watching these these guys grow up in, in the Clone Wars. So I thought... You know, a lot of people talk about rookies ever since season one, Mike. That is one of the best episodes, so I had to include it on your uh, number three for me. Rookies, uh, first season, episode five, I believe. Cool. Uh, how about you, Kyle? What's your number three? Number three. All right. I'm sure I'm not going to be the only person to have this episode on my list, and some people might have it higher. But I've got to go with the wrong Jedi for number three, um, mm. just because of the emotional gut punch of. Ahsoka walking away from the Jedi Order. Um, and, I mean, that episode is cool throughout. You, you've got Anakin having a, a brief fight with Ventress, um, and then, of course, a cool lightsaber duel with Barriss in the Jedi Temple. Um, and, I mean, just some of the imagery you see, too, where Ahsoka's on trial in that big 
room that, you know, the walls all look straight out of, like, the Death Star or something. Um, you know, the look of, like, the Imperial base, and you see Tarkin kind of rising to power and kind of all this stuff that foreshadows Episode Three and the Empire beyond that. Um, but then, I mean, it's really all about the, the character drama and Anakin, you know, doing whatever he can to prove Ahsoka's not guilty and her sort of, you know, trying to defend her innocence and all that. And then at the end of the day, when, you know, they finally clear her name and everything and she comes back to the Jedi and, uh, you know, they're going to let her back in and she's like, no, I can't do this. Like, you know, you, you guys have sort of betrayed my trust here and I, I'm going to need to like walk away at least for a while. And there's a line in there in particular, I think when, um, when, you know, Anakin hands out like her Padawan braid for her and she says, I'm sorry, master, I'm not coming back. And it was, it was emotional the first time watching it when we knew that was just the season finale. But then after finding out the show got canceled and it was almost like her saying that to Anakin was like Dave Filoni saying that to the fans, like, sorry guys, we're not coming back. And every time I watch it still, it's like, Oh, why do you guys do this to me? Um, and then also there, there's a little subtle thing in there that I don't know if a lot of people pick up on, but it's one of my favorite tiny little character moments in the show. And it's just when, um, right after that, like they're standing in front of the whole Jedi council. She says, I'm sorry, master, I'm not coming back. And she turns and walks out and Anakin runs out after her and Obi-Wan starts out after him too. Like he's going to run out to, you know, try to take care of Anakin and Plo Koon just puts a hand on his shoulder and holds him back. Like, no, you know, this is your Padawan. You've let him go. And now you got to go like, let him deal with this thing with his, his own Padawan too. So that was just like a real tiny thing that I thought was just really cool and deep and emotional. Um, also the music throughout that whole story arc is fantastic too i mean you know kevin kind of went and got like an actual live orchestra um to to do the music just for that um those four story or those four episodes for that story arc and uh i mean the music just adds to the emotion and the drama of it too and that was just fantastic and that whole story arc was great i mean i also love that episode um was it the second one the jedi who knew too much i think the whole thing the whole thing is just basically one long chase sequence through coruscant that was really intense um, and some other great moments throughout the whole uh, that whole arc, but yeah, just that last episode for me was uh, a, a great way to end the season and a really emotional way to end the series. That you know we we thought that was going to be the series finale at the time, um, and of course we didn't get all our questions answered. But from the get go, it was like they're introducing this new main character in Ahsoka who's not in the movies, and so everybody's like, well, what's going to happen to her by the end of the series? And we finally got that question answered. So. Um, even though it wasn't necessarily uh, the the satisfactory series finale that we uh, that we wanted, I think that was um, you know pretty good as far as like um, you know the best we could hope for at the time. Yeah, cool. Well, I'll I'll, uh, I'll give you guys my number three. Uh, for me, uh, it was this was uh, this was difficult because Bounty had to had to sort of fight for the spot, but at the end of the day, the gathering takes the number three spot for me. Um, there's only a handful of episodes that really touch on on the Jedi and the Force. Uh, there's Ambush from Season 1. Uh, there's Children of the Force from Season 2. And then uh, there, there's The Gathering and, uh, and, and obviously some of the episodes at uh, the end of the season, of Season 6. Um, but for me, um, The Gathering is one of those episodes. I talked about it a little bit before when we were kind of talking about the season as a whole. Uh, or sorry, the, the, our favorite seasons. Um, that uh, it it really encompasses that mythical side of Star Wars. It's the uh, it's the 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 legendary part of it. So it's 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 the Force and it's these 
these kids, these younglings, um, and uh, and they all they all had such great characters and uh, the sort of the um, the mystery and intrigue of of the force was brought back to the forefront, which is something that we hadn't really seen since the original trilogy. So it was nice to to get back to uh, Jedi training and and what it means to be a Jedi and how that works and uh, and sort of answering some of our questions without giving too much away. Uh, there's still there's still mystery and intrigue there. We're just being introduced to how the Jedi go about discovering this side of themselves. And it also leads into some really cool stuff with uh, with uh, Hu Yang and, and uh, building your lightsaber and and it's uh, it's really it's a part of the Jedi order that that I think through expanded universe we were all familiar with but that we didn't really have a definitive answer for um, and then within the Clone Wars because as I've said before uh, Clone Wars is canon so this is canonically one of the ways that Jedi go about getting the crystal for their for their lightsaber and, and part of the, the process of, of building a lightsaber for the first time so um, it's really, it's just, it's a great, it's a great story. We we see these kids go in as as separate and then come out sort of as a team and uh, and uh, and really truly on on one of their first major steps to becoming Jedi. Um, and then they go on some crazy adventures after that, uh, which are are sometimes silly and sometimes exciting and and all that sort of thing. But but that episode. Um, like I said before with the lost one, uh, it's really, it's very self-contained. It's, it's, a, it's, it's almost a one-off episode, even though it's the beginning of an arc. Um, it's sort of, you can watch it by itself. It's like rookies in that sense. If you want to show somebody what the Clone Wars can be, the gathering is one of those episodes. You show them and you go like, look at, at just, like the amazing visuals in it. And then beyond that, just how quickly they can tell a story with characters we've never even met before. They're all, all, all five of those younglings are brand new characters. Um, but by the end of that episode, we know them all. We know them intimately in, in some instances because we really get to see inside uh, who they are as people and, uh, and see them overcome those weaknesses. And, and I just think... I think for Star Wars fans, it's really cool. I think for TV, it's a great story to tell. I think for what is primarily a kids show, it's really important that there are episodes like that. I think I think it, it really uh, it gives kids uh, some characters to identify with, uh, that they can uh, they can get a good moral lesson out of it, and and uh, and that's sort of Star Wars at its heart. That's that's one of the things that it does the best. It really gives us a great sense. Of morality and uh, and and sort of good versus evil and and uh, where we hopefully the majority of us watching uh, and listening to this uh, as good people fall in that spectrum of what we can do to fight against darkness and, and that sort of thing. So I think it explores a lot of that stuff and and, and that's why it stands out for me. Nice. Uh, so I let's finish up our our number threes with uh, with Tim. Uh, what, what have you got for number three? Yeah, so I'm going to go with uh, 
an episode I talked about a little bit before from season six, Sacrifice. But instead of going over what I mentioned already, another thing I really loved about that episode was the very end where we kind of got that what if scenario. This is how the Clone Wars could have ended if things kind of yeah. went a different way where we saw Yoda and Anakin and a platoon of clones make their assault against Sidious. And they knew that it was, uh, they knew where his location was. They knew Dooku was there and they just went out of that attack on him. I just love that. What if scenario? Like, uh, they're so close. Like this could have happened if things just went a different way in certain areas. And the final confrontation that Yoda has with Sidious in that vision was just really cool. The choice he had to make and the where it gets his title from sacrifice, sacrificing him defeating Sidious and kind of finding out who he is in order to save Anakin. It's like like I said, just like that what if story if that really did happen where Yoda and Anakin went out against Sidious and Anakin didn't fall to the dark side. They could have prevented all of this stuff from happening where Anakin falls to the dark side and what happens in episode three. So I just love kind of the what if scenario that episode also had in regards to all the stuff I mentioned previously with Morban, Darth Bane and all that stuff. So, and then just the very end where Yoda is kind of telling uh, Mace Windu and Obi-Wan how, even though uh, we may not win the Clone War, it might already be, be lost, but there is a new hope and this is like a we can win the war for like of all time i think is what he says and just how they're kind of accepting where even if they lose this it's not the end all to everything so like i said before just a great wrap up to the whole series and that you can watch that episode and just go into episode three not skip a beat so yeah sacrifice is the highlight for season six for me and then number three of my all-time favorites yeah that ending is fantastic where like you said he's just saying you know, the we might lose the war, but, like, we can win more than just the war through the Force and everything. I think, like, the way I think about it is um, The Wrong Jedi, I think, is, like, a perfect series finale. And then, it, like, if that's the series finale, that's, like, the last chapter of a book. And then Sacrifice is, like, the epilogue or that whole Yoda arc, you know, where it ends sort of leaving on a little bit more hopeful note. And it's just sort of, like, an addendum to the whole thing that, like you said, I think leads better into uh, to Episode 3. Cool. Uh, okay, so now we are we're 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 getting close to the end here. I two two. Kyle, let's Kyle, what's uh, what's your number two? All right, number two, I'm gonna go with the Lawless. Um, I know we've kind of talked about some of these Dark Maul episodes and stuff before, but this one was just fantastic. And for me, I mean, it's almost hard to pick an episode from that season five Darth Maul arc because that whole arc, um, you know, it's hard to pick an episode to put on my top five list, but I think if we were ranking top five story arcs, that whole story arc for me is easily like the best one of the season um, or of the series because there's like not a bad episode in that arc. They're all awesome. And just seeing, you know, sort of all that development with Darth Maul and the Death Watch. And I mean, th this story arc too is where we finally got to see the Death Watch come back to take over Mandalore, which was something I was really looking forward to seeing ever since like we first saw them in season two. Um, and every season after that, I was like, when are we going to see these guys again? When are we going to, you know, see them in action and finally take over Mandalore and not just like Satine and Padme running after tea smugglers and whatever else that was. Um, but yeah, and then, but you know, to, to come to that final episode in The Lawless where you've got, City is kind of like finally entering the fray and that, uh, you know, the awesome lightsaber duel with Darth Maul and Savage. And you've got, uh, you know, the Obi-Wan story where he comes in and it's sort of the kind of the finale, I guess, of the Obi-Wan uh, Darth Maul story arc. Although, um, you know, well, at least the finale for what we see in the series. Then, of course, there's the, the Son of Dathomir comics going on right now. But 
Um, you know, obviously like a hugely emotional moment for Obi-Wan when Satine gets killed right in front of him. And then, I mean, how cool was it to see Obi-Wan in Mandalorian armor fighting alongside, you know, Bo-Katan and all these guys to see Mandalorians fighting Mandalorians and Obi-Wan with a jetpack flying through the middle of it. And in the meantime, you've got Sidious pulling two lightsabers and fighting Darth Maul and Savage Opress. I mean, part of the reason I have to put this episode so high on my list is I will never forget the moment when we were in, uh, when we were at Celebration 6 and uh, you know, got to see the the trailer for season five after seeing the season premiere episode uh, revival. You know, we got to watch that on the big screen in a big theater full of you know hundreds or thousands of Star Wars fans. I mean, that was awesome, and everybody was all feet, hyped feet up for away it from from James Arnold Taylor and Matt Lanter and Sam right. Witwer and yeah. No, that's that's an experience that was pretty intense. Yeah, we were what, like first or second row, like right yeah. across the aisle from those guys. Um, and so we had to see the, the season premiere, which was awesome. And then afterwards, Dave Filoni comes up on stage for a little Q&A. We're thinking, like, oh, this will be a cool way to sort of wrap up the evening. And we're thinking, like, the, I think the next morning was the, the season five preview panel. So we're like, okay, we'll get some cool trailers and stuff there. But at the end of the night, Dave Filoni's like, oh, yeah, one more thing before we go. You guys want to see the season five trailer? And we're like, yes, of course, everybody's so excited for it. And we were cheering and, uh, you know, everything, getting all excited throughout at, like, all the little teas and stuff we were seeing but then that moment like halfway through the trailer when you see Darth Sidious just pull the lightsaber and then pull the second one which no one was expecting and I have never been in a, a room where more grown adult people lost their minds like that um, <laughs> yeah that was just so awesome um, and then of course you know seeing it actually happen in the episode and seeing that whole fight scene it totally paid off although I would have to say I might actually like the fight from the previous episode a little bit better with Darth Maul versus Pre Vizsla yeah um, I mean, those two are both you know easily like the top two fight scenes lightsaber duels of the whole series but um, yeah I mean the lawless was just a, an awesome sort of climax to that whole story arc cool uh, I'm, I'll, I'll go next, actually, because my number two is also the Wallace. So, um, and I'll just sort of continue what you, what you were saying about about uh, just seeing some scenes from it for the first time at Celebration. Uh, and I don't think that I will ever forget the moment that that happened and Steve going, are you freaking kidding me? And he, Steve was one of the people that lost it the most. He was just like, oh, my God. And uh, it was uh, it was, it was, was crazy. That was that was some of the most fun that I've ever had uh, at that convention at Star Wars Celebration, but that panel in particular with everybody that was there. And, uh, and it was – that was the moment that I think that we found out season five is going to be – it's going to be something special. Like there, we're going to see some stuff that we've never seen before. Um, and the lawless is is the best example of that. I, man, the the visuals that we see in that episode, um, they really they put a lot of the rest of the series to shame. That moment when when uh, after Obi Wan's made his escape, and and they open up the blast doors. And it just sort of like opens uh, yeah. to see Mandalore just in in utter chaos. Um, there, uh, that's one of the most cinematic moments in the entire series, and it really is one of the standout moments uh, for me. Um, and like you said, Obi Wan Kenobi in Mandalorian armor, flying <laughs> around with a jetpack, with his lightsaber out. I don't know how you beat that. I really don't know how you beat that. <laughs> 
Except, you know, maybe when we get to my number one, I'll say how you beat that. But, <laughs> I already know what it is. <laughs> but, I, think, I think we all know what it is. Yeah, everybody knows. <laughs> but, I, but The Lawless really does take this series and, and push it to another level. Um, like I said, on that action front, uh, it's sort of the other side of Star Wars. The rapid pace uh, of storytelling that was sort of... Um, I. I mean, we get hints of it in A New Hope, and then it really starts to come out in in uh, in Empire with sort of the two storylines happening concurrently, um, and then as it sort of like ramps up towards the end. But but when I think of of Star Wars action scenes, I think of Return of the Jedi, and I think of the end of Return of the Jedi with three incredible stories all happening at once. That if any one of those was the end of a movie you'd be like, that was a pretty good movie. But because it's Star Wars, all three are happening at the same time. And so uh, in that same vein, uh, and, and sort of echoing that, we, we get the story of, of Sidious coming and, and sort of, you know, uh, spanking Darth Maul for, for all of the trouble that he caused him. And then on top of that, we also get this great, uh, these great moments with Obi-Wan and Bo-Katan fighting against uh, Darth Maul's Death Watch. And, uh, and we get the awesome reveal right at the end about, uh, about Bo-Katan being Satine's sister. Out of nowhere, that's a, very, that's a very Star Wars reveal to be like, yeah, and then also this. Uh, and, uh, and, and, I, and I would really like to see where those stories go. Um, and, uh, and I'm really hoping that we see Bo-Katan again. I really hope that, that she shows up at some point in rebels maybe connected to Sabine in some way. Um, but, but who knows? Like that's one of those things that time's going to tell on it, but, but yeah, definitely one of my standouts, but I will say definitively for me that the, the lightsaber battle from the previous episode between pre and Darth Maul is the best lightsaber battle in all of star Wars so far. It's, wow. it's the best one because it's not just uh, like Battle of the Heroes at, at the end of Episode Three is is incredible, and it and and you know Yoda and Sidious fighting and Yoda versus Dooku is really cool, and the battle with Darth Maul in Episode One is really cool, and and I mean you can't discount the original trilogy, even though it might not be as uh, choreographed and ridiculous as as the the prequels are, the uh, the emotional content is definitely there, but. That fight between Pre Vizsla and Darth Maul, it's not just lightsabers. It's also everything that makes Boba Fett cool. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's also, you know, uh, everything that makes a Sith cool. Um, and then it's also, there's an emotional aspect to it there where we're, we're seeing two bad guys fight. And we love both of them because Pre Vizsla was an awesome bad guy. And Darth yeah. Maul, as he was resurrected in, in the Clone Wars, became one of the best villains in all of Star Wars. Um, you see the two of them fight, and you know that no matter who wins, it's bad news for the rest of the galaxy. So you kind of want them both to lose, but you want them both to win. And then and then right after that, you know, with, with Satine getting killed, it's like, ugh, that's a rough episode. 
but it sets up everything awesome to happen in the next one. So in the Wallace being my number two. So, so it, that, but that is, that is my favorite lightsaber battle in the entirety of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. uh, and wow. it's, it's, you know what? It's ridiculous because Obi-Wan Kenobi is not even part of it. <laughs> <laughs> and it shows up afterwards, but well, yeah, like you said, it leads to an Obi-Wan fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it leads to one of his best moments in the entire saga. So it, it also doesn't hurt that that dark saber is so awesome. Yes. I, I actually have a wallpaper on my computer. I have like a whole folder of wallpapers and I have it just like cycle between them randomly every hour. But one of them is just a snapshot from that episode with Dark Maul when like right after he, not not after he kills Previsal, but when he beats him and takes the dark saber and there's like yeah. this, this a close up of his face when you see the blade go straight up as he ignites it. That is, oh man, just such a cool image. Yes. Uh, cool. Uh, Matt, what's your number two? Well, I'm kind of following, it seems like I'm following Kyle and the rest of you guys, but I'm going to go with my number two as, as the wrong Jedi. And I guess we can't call this the season finale anymore because we got the 13 episode season six recently. But it's still worth noting that this could have worked as, as a finale because we started off the series being introduced to, to Ahsoka, at least in the movie. And then we end this, we sort of ended the series. And I remember watching this going... And I, and I just remember it so vividly after after seeing that last scene and the music and the way it faded out like no other episode had faded out before. I, I just turned and I said, yeah. "Holy crap! We just saw the last episode of the Clone Wars." And you just you just had that feeling like, you know, something's going on. I, I don't think we're going to see the series again. And sure enough, we didn't, except for on Netflix. But and it also answered the question, you know, like. You know, what happened to Ahsoka? Why isn't she in, in Revenge of the Sith? So in the wrong Jedi, we got the answer. You know, she ended up this emotional conclusion uh, of this character that I first, I got to tell you, a lot of people didn't really care for. You know, I was yeah. like, oh, okay, you know, no big deal. But this ultimate end to her to her walking away, it was just like, wow. The, the, the animation was great. The character moments, the acting, the voice acting. And, of course, you guys mentioned that the score uh, – I mean, I can still hear that score as she's walking away, and, and as the the screen fades to black, that just that score. Uh, this is one of those episodes where wow, you got This is one of the ones you have to pick to uh, to show somebody new who doesn't know anything about the series. Wrong Jedi, last one in season five. Cool. I uh, Tim, how about you? What's your what's your number two spot? <laughs> well, let's get things back on track and move back to the lawless again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not to repeat what you guys just said, because as cool as that Darth Sidious, Darth Maul, Savage Press fight was, and Obi-Wan and the Mandalorians and the Death Watch, my favorite scene from that episode was where Maul was pretty much sticking it to Obi-Wan where he kills the teen. And just the line of dialogue that Maul says to him there is how you should embrace the dark side and it makes you stronger. And then Obi-Wan just re refuses to. I just love his response saying, only the weak uh, embrace the dark side. It takes greater strength than you'll ever have to resist the dark side. And saying things like how uh, I'll become more, he didn't say exactly how he did a new hope, but yeah. he kind of alluded to becoming more powerful than you mm -hmm. could possibly imagine. It just was a great display of Obi-Wan's character in that moment. And, just the, when he, Darth Maul does kill Satine, you see the pain it causes Obi-Wan, but at the same time, he doesn't lose it like, you know, Anakin would. He just, mm -hmm. just stays true as a Jedi would, but still showing that emotion and the loss that he felt. So it was just a great moment for Obi-Wan's character there, and that was a standout scene for me in that episode. And Plus all the other cool stuff that you guys already mentioned, but <laughs> that's what puts it as my number two. Cool, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is the moment that really defines Obi-Wan Kenobi as 
the greatest Jedi. Yeah. Right? Like he's he's the epitome of a Jedi master because when faced with the exact same thing, uh, even more so. Like I mean, Anakin gets premonitions of of Padme's death, but Obi Wan's just forced to sit and watch the woman that he loves killed in front of him. Yeah. And his reaction is, "You can't break me. Like it's it's you you can try, but all this does is show your weakness." And, and allows me to show my strength, right? Like, that is why Obi-Wan Kenobi is Obi-Wan Kenobi, and why I have a, a shrine in the other room dedicated to the guy. <laughs> um, you know, the other thing I like about that, too, is, I mean, on the one hand, you have Anakin, who obviously would have got way more emotional right there, yeah. but then also I think some other Jedi, like maybe Mace Windu or Ki-Adi Mundi or somebody like that, if... Satine or somebody that they cared about got killed right in front of them, they probably would have even tried to stay more detached, like, you know, oh, yeah, well, you killed them, that doesn't bother me, they'll just become one with the Force, whatever. And so you see Obi-Wan, like, become emotional a little bit, like, obviously he's grieving for Satine, and he feels that, like, he's he's a Jedi, but he's human, but at the same time, he doesn't let that that emotion overcome him, so. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, just like what you're saying, like, he's, like, the perfect example of a Jedi, because he's not... He obviously doesn't let that emotion get the better of him, but at the same time, he's not, like, too stoic or emotionless that he's, like, detached from the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, uh, and here we go. We are in the home stretch with our number ones. Uh, Tim, why don't you start off the number ones? Okay, all-time favorite episode of The Clone Wars. It's going to be from the Mortis arc, Overlords. This episode was amazing when I first saw it. Just visually, the two characters of the son and the daughter and just the environment of Mortis was something we've never seen before. We're just awesome, the light and the dark. But I got to tell you, probably my favorite moment in Clone Wars and from this episode is at the very end where the father puts Anakin to the test where you have to choose to save either Obi-Wan or Ahsoka. But then Anakin right there displays why he is the chosen one showing complete mastery over the representation of the light side and the dark side. I just love how he's in total control of that whole moment where he just, every attack the son and daughter try to make, he just force grabs them and force pushes them and just puts them in submission for him, just having total dominance over it. I just loved it. And just the audio too, where his voice is real lowered. It's like real bassy sound where he's like on your knees. <laughs> just really cool. Just gave you like kind of a little bit of Darth Vader feel to that and then just like I said how it really shows that he is the chosen one no other episode really displayed that more than it did in Overlord so yeah that's what's going to put it in my top spot for me just a lot of awesome stuff in that not even to mention Qui-Gon and Shmi Skywalker <laughs> making an appearance in there too so yeah it's a lot of amazing stuff in that episode I just love it <laughs> cool that's a, that's a great pick I, Kyle what do you got all right. Um, I'm also going to go back to season three for my favorite. This one's been kind of a longtime favorite of mine, um, and it's going to be Citadel Rescue from uh, the, the last episode of the Citadel trilogy in season three. Um, and I love this one just because, it's, you know, it may not be as, like, big or cool or impactful as, you know, The Lawless or some of these other episodes, but it's got a little bit of almost everything that I love about Star Wars and about the Clone Wars. Um, pretty much all it's missing is a lightsaber duel and, you know, a really cool villain like Darth Maul or somebody like that. But you've got some awesome scenes with the Jedi in action. You've got some awesome scenes with the clone troopers in action. Um, you've got some humorous moments. You've got some darker, more dramatic moments. Um, you know, obviously you've got like a, a huge uh, sort of tragic moment and also big character learning moment for Ahsoka when... Evan Peel, who's a member of the Jedi Council, basically dies in her arms and passes on this big responsibility to her. Um, and then the, the little funeral scene that they have for him right after that, I think is, um, 
you know, it was really cool visually and uh, sort of a good emotional moment. Um, you've got a space battle, which, I mean, I've, I've said this a lot of times on our podcast, like one of my biggest gripes with the Clone Wars was that we just didn't get to see enough sort of big space battles. I mean, we saw some kind of big ones, but they were never very long. But I like that uh, in this episode we got one, and it was pretty cool for, you know, the, the little bit that we got to see it. Um, and just, you know, it was the, the conclusion to this arc where it was sort of this whole, you know, prison heist kind of thing. And so it's, you know, this real tense story where they're trying to get out, and they finally get, you know, extracted at the end. So just a lot of sort of high-tension drama and action and everything. Um, and then it's got... Two of my favorite homages to the Star Wars films, um, one of which being uh, the, the moment where they're, they're sort of like running from these battle droids and trying to escape and they get to a cliff and there's crab droids coming after him and Commander Cody jumps up on top of one and yeah. shoots it down from the top of the head like you see one of his clone troopers do on Utapau in episode three. And then the other one, um, I thought it was, you know, obviously it's cool that we get to see um, sort of the backstory for Tarkin fleshed out in this episode and we get to see a younger version of him and what he was like in the Clone Wars. Um, and so I think that's pretty cool to see throughout this whole episode and this whole story arc. But then my other uh, sort of favorite uh, callback to the film's moment is at the very end when they're all back on Coruscant and, you know, they're sort of debriefing with the Jedi Council and everything. And, uh, you know, then Tarkin goes up to Anakin as all the rest of the Jedi are walking away. And you know Tarkin doesn't really like the Jedi at this point, but he's worked with Anakin and they've sort of developed a little relationship. And he just extends his hand and says, a job well done, General Skywalker. And you see Anakin, you know, the future Darth Vader shaking hands with his right-hand man who blows up the Death Star. And you just hear, like, three notes of the Imperial March. And it was like, man, that is really cool because you know, obviously, the the big implications of what they're going to do down the line. So... Yeah, I mean, I know this isn't, like uh, like I said, the biggest or most impactful episode or anything, but I think if you were to tell me, like, you have to go to a deserted island and you can only have one Clone Wars episode to take with you, I'd probably pick this one just because it's got a little bit of everything in there. Cool. Uh, Matt, yes. your number one, your all-time favorite episode all of time. All time. I just to say, too, you know, like like Tim said about the mortar stuff, man, that, that was some deep stuff. And uh, it really made you think, and it was, you know, very spiritual type stuff. So those, those were uh, another favorite set of episodes for me, too. But I have to say my all-time number one favorite episode is A Sunny Day in the Void. Can't be, no. No, you know what? I, I got to beat a dead horse here, guys. It's got to be the lawless. I mean, and I'll just make it real brief here. You guys talk about everything that's so great about this episode. Incredibly intense. It's a brutal episode. You got armies of Boba Fett's fighting each other. I mean, who doesn't want that? <laughs> Obi-Wan teaming on one side. You got two and a half Sith fighting each other. And, <laughs> you know, uh, two and a half. Uh, you got, look at it. Sidious has got two sabers. You know, uh, Savage has got a double-bladed saber. But it, you think about the action, which is, is the star of this episode. It's still an emotionally packed episode with, with the Satine and, and Obi-Wan stuff, Mike. And, and not since Qui-Gon's death had we seen Obi-Wan show that, show that emotion. So I, this, is, these are, this is one of those episodes where if somebody came to me and said, hey, I've never seen the Clone Wars. I've talked about some of these that I've seen in my top five. These are some, some of the ones I would show. The Laws is going to be the one where you go, hey, Sit your butt down, buckle in, because you're gonna you're gonna love this stuff. I mean, you're gonna have everything you want: action, emotion, intensity. Uh, the lawless got to be number one uh, Clone Wars episode for me. So there you go, Mike. It's up to you. I well, think we're going. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys, you guys know exactly what my number one is. You know, I don't even need to talk about it that much. If you guys want to know 
why I love this episode. Go back to season one, listen to the episode that I talk about it, and go back to any other time that we've done a top five or top ten or top anything uh, for the Clone Wars, and you'll you'll hear me talk all about Trespass. I, it's my favorite episode of the series. It's been my favorite episode since season one. It's been my favorite episode ever since I watched it. I There are a few reasons. I Cold weather gear is just... <laughs> I just love alternate costumes. Anybody who, who reads my, my uh, webcomic, Kenobi and Me, where Obi-Wan, Kenobi, and me do absolutely nothing interesting, um, they will they will recognize that, that there's a standard costume for Obi-Wan uh, in that. But the only reason that a standard costume exists is so that I can put him in awesome other costumes every now and then. Like uh, recently in his Guardians of the Galaxy version of of, uh, of his outfit, <laughs> so that's just a, it's just a weird thing that like I love it I love it in Star Wars I love it uh, in in everything in any anything everything and anything that I've ever viewed. Whenever you get those characters going on like their special mission and they put on specific gear just for that mission, I'm always like, I think it's because it takes me out of the um, sort of the artifice uh, of, of, of TV and movies where where our heroes always wear the same thing and it's kind of weird. But then, like, it shows, like, oh, no, no, they're real. They, they really exist. They have outfits for special occasions. So, uh, and then the cold weather gear, it just it takes you back to Hoth. It just reminds you of Empire Strikes Back and, uh, and uh, definitely harkens to uh, Luke and, and Han on Tauntauns, basically. Um, but then on top of that, I, it's our peak in the Clone Wars of what life was like for the Jedi before the Clone Wars. All those stories that we hear, uh, sort of like little bits of, like, you know, the nest of Gundarks and uh, that business on Cato Nemoidia and everything that they sort of hint at uh, throughout throughout the, the prequels about sort of what it was like to be a Jedi and uh, and, and what their world uh, consisted of. This is where we get to see it. They're, they're not there as warriors. They're not there to fight a battle. Um, it is the least Clone Wars episode of the entire series. Evil plans. <laughs> okay, well, sure. But... I, but I'm saying, like, within the good episodes, it's the least Clone Wars of, of any episode. Um, but it is, it is still very Star Wars, and it gives us that that awesome insight into what they're fighting for. This is, this is what the Jedi lose by becoming part of, uh, becoming part of the Republic Army and becoming part of the Clone Wars. So it's uh, it's it's almost it's uh, it's it's a bittersweet sort of thing. It's kind of a heartbreaking episode for me because you get to see you see Anakin and Obi Wan as friends. You get to see them sort of doing what they do best or what they used to do best. Um, and you get to see you get to see uh, C three PO and R two D two. You get the cool diplomacy of it. It's almost a political episode, but not really. Um, the uh, the the Narglatch are an awesome creature, which no no good Star Wars story is complete without at least one awesome creature being thrown in there. Um, 
so it's just it's kind of got all those elements the speeder bikes the snow the weather the just the sort of and as i talked about it is a self-contained singular episode it, it doesn't tie into anything else um we definitely see characters return later on um and there is a story that takes place before it but we never really know what that is with the with the the clone outpost and the uh and the uh, the the battle droid outpost, but uh, but it is a self-contained story. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end, all in 22 minutes. And you can uh, when when I got my uh, series box set, um, and I I sort of fired that up on my uh, on my big screen TV. Really, the one and also when I first got my big screen TV, the the, the first. The first episode that I always reach for is it's always Trespass. When I want to see uh, just how great the Clone Wars is, that's that's one of the ones that I go to. And it's really it's something because it is season one. They don't have all of the the luxury of the assets that they've created for the rest of the series. They don't have uh, the uh, the experience from uh, the creating the rest of the series that that an episode like Lawless is made possible through they were still cutting their teeth it was still new and and yet it it stands the test you can go back and you can watch it and it's just as good today as it was uh when it first aired so so it really just it stands out for me and it'll always be that number one spot it's uh, obviously now that the series is over that's uh that's highly unlikely to change so uh yeah that's that's my number one and uh, and that that's that's our top fives. So that's that's our top five for the series. We've lost Matt for the time being. Uh, I'm sure he'll pop back in here at some point. So in the meantime, I'm just gonna read an email really quick. Uh, this one's from Ben Kritzman. He says, "Dear Mike and Matt, holy crap! I can't believe it's all over. I was a relative latecomer to Frontlines, but loved it instantly when I started listening." You guys have always been the best, most comprehensive Clone Wars podcast out there. So thank you for that. Thank you for all the continued work you two have put into the podcast and website. Shout out to Tim Jirasi, I, I think. So yes, you're right. Uh, yeah. Helps with that. Uh, to, to try and keep this brief for the live show, my overall thoughts on season six are that of satisfaction, wild excitement, and sheer enjoyment. I do wish we would have gotten a full season, but what we got was just as good. My top five episodes for the series overall, and this was horribly difficult to organize due to so many great episodes, are uh, number five, Rookies, number four, Arc Troopers, number three, Darkness on Umbara, number two, Eminence, and number one, The Wrong Jedi. I would also like to throw in Orders from season six, uh, and as an honorable mention, mostly because of what happens to Fives, but also because Season 6 was a great send-off to the series. If this was a top five episode arcs, then it might have been slightly easier. But more than anything, it motivates me to go back and rewatch all those great episodes. Thank you again for everything. I see you guys, Starside. And that's from Benjamin. So thank you, uh, Ben. He's also a, a, a loyal listener over at uh, the Quiver podcast, Quiver the Green Arrow podcast, or my podcast dedicated to Arrow. Um, so thank you for sending that email in. Uh, we, we still don't have Matt. He's still not back. 
no. Um, okay, uh, I've got here's a, here's another email from a friend. Uh, he's hey, this is from Curtis Finley, uh, my my co-host over on the Pullbox podcast. Uh, and he says, hey, guys, I've never listened to an episode of your show, and I've only seen part of the first season of Clone Wars and don't remember any of it. But I wanted to say hi to Mike. Hi. <laughs> thanks, Curtis. Uh, thanks for that. Um, that we've, also got, we've also got Matt's back. Matt's I, back. I don't know. I think he might have gotten taken out by a Mandalorian. <laughs> you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Yep. Uh, I just wanted to read this, this uh, tweet that we just got from uh, Kelly McCarthy at Kelly.song. She says, loving this episode, sad it's the last one. I, You know what? You don't have to be sad because yeah. although this might be the last episode of Frontlines, this is not the last episode I, 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 really because Matt and I, we're already full steam ahead over at RebelsPodcast.com. So I... If you're if you're if you're uh, crying and and just emotionally uh, I just drained and destroyed because this is the end of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, um, which like but for all intents and purposes I should be an emotional wreck. This has been uh, six you know years of my life. I and uh, and obviously I wouldn't have all of the friends that I'm talking to right now if it weren't for for this podcast, but but you know what? There's no need because we're we're not stopping. Why would we stop? The the as uh, as many Star Wars characters would say, this is where the fun begins. So uh, we're not done yet. We we still got we still got many years ahead of us as uh, as as we gear up for the Rebels uh, podcast and Star Wars Rebels on Disney XD. But before we close out this episode. There is one last email that I wanted to read, uh, and I saved this one for last. Uh, and no offense to anybody else who sent in an email, but I wanted to save the best for last. Uh, and this one's from Jason Hunt, our good friend. And he says, first of all, I just want to congratulate you guys on an awesome run as one of the best Clone Wars podcasts I had the opportunity to listen to. I'm just glad I had the opportunity to be part of the show in a small way I was. I wouldn't say it's small. I, uh, Jason's on almost as many episodes as, as Matt and I because he is the uh, the voice of our intro music. So, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> uh, I don't know if I ever told you that Frontlines was the very first podcast I ever listened to. I jumped on right at the beginning and have been privileged to go on this exciting ride through to its completion. Listening to Mike and, Matt, Mike and then Mike and Matt is what caused me to catch the podcasting buzz bug. So directly or indirectly, Frontlines is responsible for the existence of the Wampas Layer podcast. Thanks once more for your fun, insightful, and consistent coverage of the Clone Wars, and I can't wait to see what y'all are able to do with the Rebels podcast. So thank you, Jason, for being one of our most loyal listeners over the years. And also for being an awesome friend. Uh, thank you to everybody who's listened over the years. I mean, as Matt said at the beginning of this episode, we've had over a million downloads of this podcast. And when I started, I'm not going to lie, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm in it for the glory. You know, it's one of the reasons why I podcast. I like <laughs> it. Fortune and glory. 
Yeah, but I I've yet to get the fortune, but uh, but the glory is definitely there. I but the thing that I never accounted for when I started the podcast was the friends that I would get to make. So I, I you three that are that are on this episode with me, I I count you guys highest among them because without you guys there wouldn't be a podcast. I would have given up a long time ago. So I, you know, I needed that co-host. So that's why Matt's here. (laughs) I I could not write those recaps every week. It just was on top of managing the site, editing the podcast, everything else. I I just couldn't do it. So, so Kyle, thank you so much for, for taking that on and helping us out with that. And the website, all of the websites, uh, whether it's CloneWarsPodcast.com, RebelsPodcast.com, or QuiverPodcast.com, uh, they wouldn't be what they are, and the community wouldn't therefore be what it is without you, Tim. So uh, you, you're a huge part of all of this. Uh, but, but really, it's, it's the team. It's, uh, it's everything that I ever could have hoped for. Um, you know, I, I started off all on my own. <laughs> Those first twenty-ish episodes, I uh, just kind of podcasting out into the void, uh, hoping that that I would uh, uh, hear back from somebody. And uh, and now I've I've got this great group of friends, uh, really bigger, more important than friends, like family, that I uh, that that have developed. As a result of this, I mean, Steve Glosson, I, w- I would be remiss if I did not mention him in this last episode. He was on the second episode of the show, um, and uh, and he's been a great friend since before the podcast, uh, and he's the inspiration for why I podcast. So uh, him, him and Derek Russell, uh, without those two guys, there wouldn't be a Frontlines The Clone Wars podcast, and then there wouldn't be any of the other podcasts or, or, uh, as, as, uh, Jason said, you know, uh, the Wampas layer, uh, and, uh, and, and everything else that, that comes from that. So, uh, so thank you to those guys. Thank you to, to Jason. Thank you to Carl. Uh, thank you to Riley and Bethany over at the star Wars report. Uh, thank you. Thank you to just anybody and everybody who's ever had anything to do uh, anybody who's ever been a guest, um, anybody who's ever done anything nice, retweeted us, tweeted back at us, sent us an email, uh, members of our group, you guys are all awesome. And uh, and it makes me super proud to be a Star Wars fan because uh, when I sent that message out into the void, it didn't take long for it to echo back to me and for me to, to hear from all you guys. And, uh, and, and it just pushes us uh, those days where, where it's rough and we don't want to podcast for whatever reason. I mean, uh, Matt just yesterday uh, bailed on his uh, – oh, you were wakeboarding, I think? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's bad. I might, have a slight, I might have a slight concussion. That's probably why I'm all a little weird today, but uh, I'm making it through. I'm making it. Yeah, but, uh, but you know, like I, I – don't want to speak for him too much, but I'm sure that, that even through the headache and the mild concussion, it's uh, <laughs> it's it, we have to do it. Tonight was the yeah. night, so you know the show must go on. So we've got to get yeah. this out there uh, for yeah. you guys because you you guys have been loyal. I those of you that that have stuck through 
from the first episode or from your first episode, whether you joined us in season one or you joined us in season six. Uh, those of you that have stuck with us uh, and that will stick with us through Rebels, uh, we owe you everything. So uh, so here's to uh, uh, closing one door but opening every single window. Uh, and, uh, and thank you guys so much. I, I, do you guys have any words? I've been talking forever now, so... Yeah, Honestly, well, I mean, you've been thanking everybody else that was involved, and I was just going to say thank you for starting this whole crazy mess in the first place. Yeah. Um, you know, I was going to kind of echo what Jason said. Like, this was also the first podcast that I ever listened to, um, and I still, like, unlike Jason, I know he listens to tons and tons of podcasts. I still don't listen to a whole lot of podcasts. I, I have maybe, like, three or four that I listen to on any sort of regular basis, but, um, you know, this is one that I've stuck with, with it being my first one and it wasn't even like oh I should start listening to podcasts now I think it was like in the summer before Clone Wars even came out um, you know like in anticipation of the movie and stuff. I was like so excited for it I was like let me just go see if there's anything on iTunes like any you know previews or a soundtrack or anything like that and instead I saw this you know you might have been like the only Clone Wars podcast on there um, and I was like what the heck I'll listen to this and see if you know this guy knows anything about Clone Wars that I don't get or um, you know, I mean, I barely even remember like what was on that first episode or anything, but that's kind of how I got my start and I've been listening to the show ever since. And, uh, I mean, like you said, I wouldn't know any of you guys if I hadn't listened to it. I definitely would not have created my own podcast and, uh, you know, Tim and I always have a great time talking Star Wars over on The Saga Continues, but I probably wouldn't have had the idea to start that. And I definitely wouldn't be doing it with Tim because we only know each other because we both happen to be, uh, you know, helping you work on Frontlines. Um, and I mean, even Jason Hunt, who's like one of my best friends now, cause he moved out to the city I live in to go to college out here and we hang out all the time. He was one of my friends that was over earlier today watching Clone Wars. Um, and you know, I would never would have met him if we hadn't met on the, the forums that we used to have for, for frontlines before they got overrun by spam and we just moved to a Facebook group. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I just, you know, a lot of fond memories of, of listening to the show and meeting a lot of people through the show and certainly wouldn't have been able to go to uh, celebration six either without getting a, a media pass through working with you guys. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun and a great opportunity. So I've been happy to play my part in it. Awesome. I will say, uh, Mike, that, uh, before you close out or Tim says anything, you know, this is, this show came on in 2008 and it kind of re reinvigorized or whatever you want to call it, me, and maybe a lot of people that were kind of out of it because, you know, this is kind of like the dark times again, you know, after Revenge of the Sith, stuff kind of faltered, not faltered, but kind of, you know, it's kind of laid low. It's kind of, I stopped collecting and then all of a sudden I started watching the show and I was like, wow, I'm starting to get back into the Star Wars thing. And then, seeing you post about, uh, listen to your, your show, and then say, you know, I want to be a part of this. And throughout this show, I mean, look what it did. I mean, look at the, look at the storylines and the characters that this show introduced over the six seasons. I mean, just to name a few, Death Watch, the clones, what we got of the clones, the Yoda stuff in season six, the Anakin and the Mortis stuff, the Darth Mauls, the Ahsokas, Black Sun. I mean, we can go on and on about what this show did for Star Wars. And to bring it back to this podcast, this thing has given me opportunities to go to be a VIP at Scott, you know, at the uh, at uh, at the Lucasfilm Digital Arts Center. I mean, I was you know dead center watching uh, a Clone Wars episode with George Lucas three or four rows behind me, and I've got to meet you know voice actors Ashley, uh, Stephen Stanton, James Arnold Taylor. I got to interview them, 
uh, all through this podcast, you know, and then some of the people that have helped us throughout the years, um, you said it, Mike, and, you know, I had written some down here just to name a few, Jason, Kyle, Tim, Carl, Steve, Chris, and anybody else that I forgot, anybody that's emailed in uh, or listened to the show, uh, especially, you know, Kyle and Tim, and Tim who've helped a lot with the podcast and filled in for us. From when, when you said, Mike, when those days were just like, oh, man, I got too much going on or this is going on, family's going on, and they stepped in and helped us out, so... And then, of course, you, Mike, for, for giving me a chance, and I wanted to get that opportunity to talk about the Star Wars, and I've already started another podcast. Like you said, I think it was, we were doing Rebels podcast, and you're not a podcaster, so you got two now, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we got to get Ty, Kyle on another one. We'll, we'll, we'll work on that. Um, but, no, it just it just reinvigorized myself to, to Star Wars, and it got me back into it. And here we are, closing one chapter, and we're opening another chapter with with uh, Rebels and, and continuing on. And we got another, geez, 10 plus years of brand new Star Wars goodness coming at us. So it's it's yeah. it's looking really good. I can't wait to meet everybody April uh, Celebration 7. So yeah. Yeah. there you go. There you go. Tim, anything else before Mike wraps it up? Yeah, I just kind of echo what you guys said. I mean, can't say I've been there from the beginning. Like I mentioned earlier, it was season four when I came on board. But ever since then, it was like, never looked back and I enjoyed the first episode I heard and then the community that was part of Frontline to the Facebook group it was just probably the best like Star Wars community I, I've been a part of online so then when Mike put the call out there for needing some help writing the news I jumped at the chance because I knew it was going to be going into something good and yeah it's been a great ride I mean getting to know you guys and Kyle starting our podcast with the saga continues it's been great because and if there's one thing I love doing, it's talking Star Wars. <laughs> so yeah. any chance I get to do that is awesome. So, yeah, big thanks to you, Mike, for starting this and then letting me come on board to join you guys. It's been a great ride. I just can't wait for what's coming next with Rebels and then all the movies about to come out. And who knows, other animated series that I'm sure is going to be coming down the pipe. So, yeah, like you said, the fun has just begun. <laughs> yeah, 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 cool. Well, you know what? We've been going for two hours, so uh, I think that's a pretty good place to wrap it up. Uh, thank you, everybody, uh, especially our our five or so people that have been watching live tonight. Uh, <laughs> we really appreciate that. Uh, it's not quite the numbers that Quiver pulls in, but, you know, that's okay. But, uh, it, this, what, what we lack in numbers, we make up for in dedication. So I thank you guys for watching. Uh, thank you, everybody who's listening to this as a podcast, because uh, this the audio will go out as a, as a regular podcast. Uh, and thank you to everybody who's listened over the years. It's it's been uh, it's been a fun ride, and it's uh, it's a it's maybe it's dawning on me now. It's a little bit sad to wrap it up. I don't really want to, but <laughs> I you know right. what? It's uh, it's it's the that time. Fall. It's uh, it's uh, uh, every. Every good story's got to have a good ending. So, uh, so this this is as as good an ending as I think we're likely to get. So, thank you guys so much for joining uh, for this episode. So that oh, there we go. <laughs> got the lightsaber. I uh, oh, oh, let's go right now. <laughs> uh, you guys can. Every, we did this on our last live show too. <laughs> yeah. I think you had a green one last time. <laughs> Everybody can stay tuned to uh, CloneWarsPodcast.com for uh, for Clone Wars related news. Um, 
And you can definitely still follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, facebook.com slash Clone Wars podcast, and, uh, and at Clone Wars on Twitter. Um, and if you really feel like emailing us, you can continue to email us. I'm not going to close that account because that's my account that's tied to uh, – that's the one Lucasfilm has, so that account's not getting <laughs> shut down anytime soon. Um, that's, that's my contact yes. with them. So, uh, But, but uh, that does it for us for the final episode of Frontlines the Clone Wars podcast. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And you can check us out over at rebelspodcast.com and starwarstsc.com. Those are the places to go where you can hear Matt and I talking Star Wars Rebels, and you can hear uh, Tim and Kyle talking all about uh, Episode 7 and the saga as it continues. So uh, it's we're not done. It's not over. This is just the end of one episode. Tune in next week or the week after for the next uh, uh, episode of Rebels and, uh, and, and you know, the next episode of, of Star Wars The Saga Continues. But for Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, the podcast that started it all, episode 1138, uh, that's it. Thank you guys for listening. That's a wrap. Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. The force is strong with you all, and it will be with you always.